Hey, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's back after his night off. How are you, sir? Uh, my back is freaking killing me, but I'm good. <laughs> I heard. Uh, There's nothing worse than a bad back, I know. Um, and Rick Emirati's going to be here at Sports. Rick Emirati, how are you? Big day. how are you doing tonight? Very good. What's coming up in sports? We got the curling championships. I know you're looking forward to that. Just stumbled across curling championships. We're going to report on it. And a uh, couple of mandatory curling. Uh, vaccinations are going to be needed to go to a Buffalo Bills or Buffalo Sabres game this fall. Okay, Paul looks very excited about that. Mr. Nolan, um, how are you? I was good until uh, (laughs) Until you heard that. Come on with the mandatory. Yep. Go. You know what? No. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. If you ask me, please, you know, if you say it politely and ask me, no, I'm still. Well, we'll spend some time on that tonight because um, a couple things we talked about last night that as I was looking around today um, about masks and Matt, we talked about masks and kids. Uh, Horowitz has a good piece today. Whatever happened to the right to breathe freely? I'll get to that. We've got some things. There was a piece in the Wall Street Journal as well. Masks for children, muzzles for COVID-19 news. In the guise of combating misinformation, YouTube again censors scientific debate over pandemic policy. And that's, of course, the piece that was by the governor of Florida that was taken off YouTube. Medical professionals talking about this. And we've dealt, we've seen this throughout. As I've brought you people like um, uh, Dr. Johan Gesecki from Sweden. We've talked about Dr. David Katz. We've talked about um, Dr. from Stanford. I can't think of his name right now, who wrote that great article right at the beginning that we're making decisions here based on false information that I brought you. But again, we've talked about the, you pointed out, Paul, the two young doctors from California, the two kids. Yep. Uh, not kids, but um, oh, young guys. Young guys. They got censored. So we've seen this throughout this pandemic, the choosing of what uh, the um, exploitation of science, I guess. I don't know what else you can call it. Yeah, what's allowed and what's not allowed. Yeah, what science is actually considered following the science and uh, what's not. I also have an uh, inter- you know, maybe we'll start here. I wasn't going to, but you know, since we we're talking about this, because I know we all feel this way. This is in National Review today. And the title of this article is Anthony Fauci has worn out his welcome. And ain't that the damn truth? Um, and this is written by the editors over at National Review. More than a year ago, Americans welcomed Anthony Fauci into their homes as a sober scientist who was helping them make sense of a deadly new virus. But he has worn out that welcome the stormy daniels of medicine as i now call him it's true that fauci has enjoyed an illustrious career debatable advising every president since ronald reagan and winning the presidential medal of freedom in 2008 there's much to admire in his overall leadership since the start of the covid19 pandemic again i think that's maybe debatable Yet, as the director of the U.S. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, he has a serious job that's not supposed to involve being a media spokesman so ubiquitous that it's hard to believe he ever turns down 
a single media request. And that's really um, one of the points that we keep harping on here. And it's almost undeniable. The guy does more media than Sean Hannity does. And he has an hour show every night. The guy does more media than almost anybody. And as soon as he started trashing the former president or sitting there on stage with him in the brief, on the stage, but in the briefing room up on the, uh, behind the podium, making faces and stuff, he became the media's favorite talking head for just that reason, because they knew if they went to him, he'd be at odds with President Trump at the time. And he has just continued that schedule. Uh, Back to the article, as he's maintained a media schedule worthy of a serious presidential candidate or an actor in a new major studio release, Fauci has gradually stopped standing apart from the contentious debate about the pandemic, lockdowns, restrictions, precautions, and what is safe and what is risky. Instead, he has become part of the acrimony, offering murky and sometimes contradictory recommendations. This goes well beyond his initial discouraging of the use of masks on 60 Minutes in February of 2020, like most U.S. public health officials, or his mid-March 2020 reassurance that, quote, the guidelines are a 15-day trial guideline to be reconsidering. It isn't that these guidelines are now going to be in effect until, let's say, July. That's what he said last year. They're still in effect today. Fauci doesn't write or establish the quarantine policies being enforced by cities and states. He can only advise other people in and out of government. But his voice carries a lot of weight. And more or less willingly, he has become the face of America's quarantine policies. Uh, Frustratingly, his perspective always seems to be that the right time to open up is another six weeks from now, no matter how low caseloads seem to get or how much the national vaccination program accelerates. And it's hard to shake the sense that Fauci makes recommendations based on how he thinks other people will react. Fauci admitted in December that he had changed his assessments about herd immunity based on what he thought the public could handle hearing. In the pandemic's early days, Fauci tended to cite the same 60 to 70% estimate that most experts did. But Fauci gradually has boosted his herd immunity number now to 85%. In an interview with the New York Times, Fauci acknowledged that he had slowly been deliberately uh, been moving the goalposts. He's doing so, he said, partly based on new science and partly on his gut feeling that the country is finally ready to hear what he really thinks. Now, as we, let me just stop this here and jump in, and, and you guys are welcome to jump in as well. I talked a little yesterday about the fact that he, in response to the MSNBC question he got yesterday about his, you know, we don't need to be wearing masks. It's a 60 Minutes appearance, and the host said to him, looking back, that was a, a really a mistake, wasn't it? And he said, well, no, because at the time, remember, I didn't want to. I didn't want to basically. I didn't want to tell the truth because I knew that if I told everybody then that they should be wearing masks, well, we might have a, a shortage for professionals. And I pointed out to you last night 
I don't, and I don't know that it's a, a great point, but it makes me think of how much flack the former president took when he kind of, when they said he kept secret how, how uh, serious this was going to be because he did not want to panic the entire country into running into the store and, and acting like it was World War you know, three was coming. There was enough panic at the time the way it was. But here's Fauci now twice, even in this article, admitting, well, I didn't really want to tell you what I was really thinking or how I really felt about it. Well, it's the same thing he trashed the president about. Now we're finding out that he did it more than once. So at the beginning of March, Fauci forcefully criticized the state of Texas for ending its statewide mask mandate, declaring, quote, it's risky and could set us back to a place that's even worse than where we are now and lead to additional surges, he said. And yet Texas has been seen, Texas has seen its caseload continue to decline. When asked about the lack of the increase, he said, well, you know, there are a lot of things that go into that. I mean, when you say that they've had a lot of activity on the outside, like ball games, I'm not really quite sure what they're doing. It could just be they're doing things outdoors, end quote. Well, yeah, that's, that's where the baseball game's happening, you doofus. Holy well, moly. I mean, some, yeah. some baseball games happen inside no, but, but, uh, as but, well. But basically what he's trying to do is like, well, you know, kind of dismiss it. Like, we don't know what they're doing. Who knows if, it, you know what I mean? He's trying, to, he's trying to knock it down a few pegs so you don't think it's actually working. We see where he's going with this because it's flying in the face of his narrative, of the narrative that we have to keep everything locked down to make sure everybody stays healthy and never gets ever sick ever again, ever, ever 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 but that's that this is all killing his narrative and he can't take it uh earlier this month after gop lawmakers asked fauci about the risk of outbreaks in migrant detention facilities he said quote i have nothing to do with the border having me down at the border that's really not what i do end quote what do you do sir except fauci has weighed in on travel restrictions and border closures plenty of times in the past year it's self-evidently obvious that having lots of migrants of all ages cramped into detention facilities is a formula for a rapid spread of this virus. Fauci just didn't want to criticize the Biden administration, so he dodged the question. Let's be truthful here. But perhaps most frustrating is Fauci's recent comments suggesting that getting vaccinated doesn't alter the risk of catching COVID-19 much and can't justify changes in behavior. Fauci said that even though he's vaccinated, he still won't eat indoors at a restaurant, go to a movie theater, or, quote, go into an indoor crowded place where people are not wearing masks. He said he still won't be traveling either. Vaccinated people are protected against serious health problems from COVID-19, and we've known for a month that vaccinated people, if infected, shed dramatically less virus, perhaps 75% to 90%. And I told you yesterday, the data that's coming out of Israel that has some of the most comprehensive data because they have the most people vaccinated, says that there's almost 0% chance that you can spread the virus once you're vaccinated. If results like that don't make going into a restaurant or movie theater safe, well, then what the hell will? 
If getting vaccinated doesn't allow you to return to something like normality, what's the point of getting it? This is exactly what we talked about yesterday. This came out this morning. We can overlook the Hollywood-style poolside photo shoot or his unmasking while watching a baseball game, but Fauci has turned into the perpetually pessimistic, overcautious, position-shifting, administration-pleasing face of the pandemic recovery. At this point, he'd do himself a favor by sitting out the next opportunity to appear on a TV show or podcast and maybe focus on his day job. <laughs> and his day job, other than pitchman, is what? Well, I think that is his, maybe that is his day job. Boy, he's just, it just doesn't stop with him either. I mean, just go, I mean, I didn't really hear Anthony Fauci's name all that much before last, before this started, even though he's been in the head of the infectious, to, I mean, I didn't, nah. I mean, never, did you never hear heard of him, him all that never much? Heard of him. No, never but heard as soon him. as I heard, heard of him, but as soon as I saw his name, you look up his history, he's been there forever. You know exactly what he is, a bureaucrat. Well, but I'm saying we had H1N1. We had other things that I'm sure he was around, but never. He was never in front of every damn camera every day like this. All right, live from Studio 6B, just getting started 13 past the hour. Glad you're in. Lots to do, lots to tell you about. Big week coming up. John Solomon on the show tomorrow night. John Solomon's one-hour special on Thursday night. And then he will answer your calls right after that special. We're back right after this. Real America's Voice presents War Room with Steve Bannon. Yeah, I want to talk about the mentality. This is the reason we're in the situation that we're in. The reason we're in the situation we're in is because of the compromise, the money of the Chinese Communist Party flowing through our capital markets flowing through our cultural institutions, flowing through our corporations, and eventually buying political coverage in the Uniparty here in Washington, D.C. Don't miss War Room every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in. Bunch of stuff to go over tonight. I've got, well, I mean, some of these things, I watch them or I prep for them to get ready for the show and I'm as I'm watching I'm thinking oh my god we're we're in just a, we're in big trouble uh but I have to show them to you because you have to see them and I uh, got two things like that tonight one Rick sent me from campus reform which is mild uh compared to the one that I found which is uh the great Emmy Horowitz who I've brought you multiple videos of him the one tonight takes the cake the, the one tonight absolutely takes the cake um now, of course, he went to, you know, he went to New York because it fit the bill of the kind of people he wanted to talk to as far as is Joe, the, the, the theme of it is, is Joe Biden progressive enough? Good Lord. Oh, well, no, I mean, you can, <laughs> I mean, I know hearing that you're thinking, good Lord, you cannot, I'll play for you in the next segment. You cannot believe the answers. I mean, you will. At one point, I think as I was watching it, getting ready, I put my head down on my desk and thought, oh my God, we're in such big trouble. You, you just won't believe it. So that's coming up. I'll play that for you. And then I've got a good one that Rick sent me too from Campus Reform, who like to go around and tell, ask questions and, and say, hey, would you be in favor of this? And what they did this time was they took the Georgia voting law and they went around to people and basically said, um, 
you know, they kind of set it up and they say, you know, you know what's going on in Georgia. And they all go, oh, yeah, it's terrible. And they, he says, okay, well, let me give you a couple of uh, different ideas. Would you be in favor of this, 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 and this? And they go, oh, yeah, those all sound great. Well, yeah, those are, those are from the law. So what do you think now? Uh, mm, uh, mm. <laughs> so we'll give you that, too. That's a good one. But uh, the Amy Horowitz one is scary. You may want to uh, just lock the alcohol cabinet now because you may drink heavily after seeing it because it's just sad and uh, scary at the same time. <laughs> but let's do some news with uh, Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Well, uh, the State Department has uh, issued a statement regarding the latest attack perpetrated against the Epoch Times Hong Kong printing press facility. Um, the statement reads, we condemn the attack on the Epoch Times printing plant and urge the Hong Kong authorities to thoroughly investigate and bring the perpetrators to justice. The United States is concerned by the increased efforts to silence independent media and otherwise suppress freedom of expression, including the politically motivated targeting of journalists. We are committed to standing up for free press freedom and freer and wider access to information, ideas around the world. Freedom of expression, including for members of the press, is critical to transparency, um, which I wish they would read to CNN. Uh, but that's a different story for an, a different time. On April 12th, four masked men broke into the printing facility, as you guys can see the video, uh, smashing equipment with sledgehammers, spreading construction debris from a bag. The break-in caused damage to multiple computers, a transmitter, and the CPU, forcing the Hong Kong edition to be temporarily uh, stopped uh, from any kind of printing. So this is uh, several times this has happened. I know they set it on fire another time, and another time there was they were making people leave at gunpoint and took out all kinds of data. So this is, I believe, the fourth attack. Yeah, fourth time, I think I read. Wow. Now, in, and to be fair, Paul, you know more. I mean, you have followed the epoch times epic times whatever the we joke about the well, name but was, to be serious they used to call themselves people who epoch. don't know right. people who don't know who the ep- epoch times are give a little well they were just there was a independent journalist who were fighting against communist china and the ccp in a free hong kong and they all they did was fight against the propaganda machine and for the longest time they actually had to start moving some of their presses out of there because they couldn't handle the pressures and the social uh problems that they would all have i mean everybody who worked there was shunned in society their social credit scores were beat up i mean it was a real problem so uh but they are standing up they're constantly fighting uh to share truth and 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 honorist media against you know you know propaganda system that's almost as bad as the u.s now they have <laughs> is that is that their main headquarters or their main quarters is here uh, that that was their main quarters. I think their main quarters is in Australia now, but I don't know. I really I don't know. I will look it up though. And like most of this business, obviously now you can just go online to the Epoch Times. I believe is what it is. And um, do they have anything that's in actual? Uh, well, obviously, duh. They're printing press. That's what they went after. Yeah, and they took a computer as well that wasn't in the story. But yeah, um, you know, it's again, it's just another example of the direction our country, in my opinion, is going in. You know, this is overt. Ours is subvert. They just constantly tell everyone what to think, what to believe. If you believe this, you, you know, you're evil. I mean, you look at the latest uh, poll, and I, I'll look for it on Rasmussen, but the majority of Americans think there should be voter ID. But meanwhile, every lead story is what? you It's Jim Crow 2.0, and you, you're racist if you think uh, anything other than that. Well, this was actually part of the what was covered in the campus reform video that I'll show you tonight. And... um 
So besides the media, what's what's going on on university campuses is um, is really unbelievable. What kids in, are being exposed to and what they come out of there believing. And and you'll see on this video, there's this, there's this one um, girl who's kind of the focus of the video. And I mean, some of her answers just leave you just shaking your head. So... You want to uh, the follow up to like? Do you want to do that as a whole segment next segment? Or you want to play that now? Well, I, I, we could do campus reform now. Gee, I'm not sure. Let me, how I don't have time for campus reform. So I'd like yet, to just talk about that. Project Veritas has released more video footage showing CNN's technical director Charlie Chester saying that he believes CNN got Trump ousted from the presidency, and he he's on video again. Incredible work by. O'Keefe and Project Veritas, uh, look what we did. We got Trump out. I'm 100% going to say it, and I 100% believe it, that if it wasn't for CNN, I don't know if that Trump would have gotten voted out. I really don't think so, Chester says. The undercover group also released footage, uh, which Chester said that the channel had been focusing on getting Trump out of his presidency and indicated that CNN has plans to focus on climate change next. Uh, He said that the entire news cycle will be all about um, you know, climate change and how they're going to pitch that and keep pushing that until the narrative is beaten down into people's brains. So I also saw, I, I, I did see that project Ver. I didn't see the CNN one, but I did see that they released something that, um, one of the other targets that this guy was talking about was Matt Gates. Personally, I saw really? there was an undercover video about Matt Gates in that, um, right now he's the target of CNN, not because of the accusations that are going around, even before that, because they say he's a problem, quote-unquote, for the Democratic Party because he's a strong conservative. So here this guy is from CNN. I haven't seen it, so but my understanding is that he's, once again, O'Keefe gets these guys on tape admitting that the, these places are just almost zero to do about news yeah about it, bringing you legitimate news it, it's all really ministry of po- propaganda i mean it's and it's kind of scary because i was just i was thinking about that earlier today because that that's what uh, a little bit of what uh today's what even is that is about but it, but it brought me to this article about the third right and how they controlled the media and that thing right there you said about CNN, now they're handing down the next mandate, Paul, of, you know, of climate change. And that's exactly what they would do. They'd work the field. They'd follow the mandates and instructions handed down by the ministry, talking about the, the journalists. Yeah, man. It's exactly what they're doing. And look at no look no further than a few like a week ago or so YouTube removed DeSantis's public health roundtable of scientists of a team of scientists discussing yeah. proper protocols taken down. Yep, that's yeah that's what we just talked about. Crazy doesn't fit their science. Sales All right, pitch. lots to do. Campus reform, Emmy Horowitz, some other great stuff. Crazy Town, lots to do. Glad you're in. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. We're back right after this. Real America's Voice presents Just the News AM with Sophie Mann. 
Biden also introduced a number of other regulations that will affect gun owners across the country, but emphasized that he does not see his actions as a threat to the Second Amendment. Were the case, if what he said was true, he wouldn't need to be doing executive orders. He wouldn't need to be forcing this down the American public's throat. Don't miss Just the News AM every weekday at 9 a.m. Eastern. All right, live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Paul's here with news. Rick Delgado's back. Rick Emirati's going to have sports. Geo friend holding it down as always. Uh, 30 minutes past the hour. Glad you're in here on a Tuesday night. Lots to do. Busy week uh, this week. John Solomon will join us tomorrow night. And um, he will be here to talk about his hour-long special that he is having on Thursday night on... Um, Real America's Voice, which is entitled, if I could pull it up here. Well, uh, I'll be secure- asking about Area 51, the moon landing, and I'm just, just <laughs> securing <laughs> our elections, the grassroots battle for easy, safe voting, sponsored by the Heritage Action for America and Just the News, hosted by John Solomon. That'll be Thursday night at 8 o'clock, our first hour that we're normally on. That'll be on at 8 o'clock as a, a special live with John Solomon, so you don't want to miss that. And then at 9 o'clock, when that's over, we will be doing our regular 9 to 10 hour on Thursday, and John Solomon will be there to answer your phone calls about the special. How incredible is this? So you can watch the special at 8. It's going to be fantastic, of course. And then at 9... Mr. Solomon will be nice enough to join us from the D.C. studio and answer your calls uh, about securing our elections and anything else you want to talk about. So that's there. I mean, how does, how does it get better than that's like a appointment television on Thursday night? How does it get better than that? It now, doesn't. Now, now, are we going to be allowed to ask a question this time? No, you will not <laughs> be allowed to ask anything. Your Come microphone on. will be turned off, as a matter of fact. Well, so. I, I want to be honest. It's the least he could do after he preempts us in our first yeah. hour. Well, What's his phone I wanna, number? I want to ask him about JFK Jr. All right, I'll uh, I'll discuss all of this Where with Mr. He? Solomon and get back to you on what the answer <laughs> is. Where is he? Um, all right, so let's do campus reform. Uh, one of two videos tonight that are... Well, I don't know. Uh, uh, this one I don't think will depress you as much. This will probably fire you up. But the next one's going to make you want to, I don't know. Yep. You're going to be very depressed. It's just insane. Uh, but campus reform went around to ask about the Georgia voting law, which, of course, Joe Biden and the Democrats are, I mean, just uh, racializing and uh, propagandizing and gaslighting and any other adjective you can put to it that what they're doing and framing this argument we know what happened with mlb and of course none of them including joe biden read the law they don't know what's in it they don't know what it does um and neither does anyone else especially these kids on campus so uh here's campus reform and their version in talking about this roll it g I'm Addison Smith with Campus Reform. The new Georgia voting law has received a lot of negative criticism. President Joe Biden called it Jim Crow on steroids. We're here at Georgetown University today. We're going to be reading some of the parts of this bill off to students and get their reactions to it. But we're not going to tell them just yet that it's the Georgia voting bill. Maybe they'll realize that this bill isn't as bad as people are making it out to be. Who knows? But let's find out. Would you support some some sort of common sense like voter legislation? Um, yeah, I would like more direct representation. A- absolutely. Absolutely. We're from Georgia, so um, 
there's a lot of voter suppression in Georgia, and I think that there needs to be a She's lot the more one to pay freedom attention and accessibility to. Okay. towards polls and extending hours. Really, I would have to take it on a place-by-place basis and determine, like, which location are we talking about and what are their voting laws and go from there. The, like, original system was created because, like, the pop, they thought the populace was, like, too dumb. There's some legislation going around and a lot of people are talking about it. Some of the things it would do uh, to expand voting is it would require weekend early voting for two Saturdays. It was previously just one, so now it would be two. Also give counties the option to expand it to two Sundays as well. It would uh, clarify the polling hours more, make it more evident when voting is, when you can go uh, cast your vote, and it would ban electioneering within 150 feet of the polls. It would require uh, voter identification for in-person and absentees so that you can't cast multiple ballots, uh, you can't vote illegally. Would you support legislation like that? Yeah, uh, I mean, making sure that people aren't casting more than one vote, and that, that sounds kind of common sense to me, so. Yeah, um, I think that allowing voters more time to vote is never a bad thing. I think that verify, like making sure that they can verify their identity is also not a bad thing, so that there's no like illegal voting happening or anything like that. Definitely the first two. Yeah. Why not the last one? Not everyone has access to an ID or has the ability to get oh. one. Not everybody has a static location where they live. Yeah, definitely the first two, and having it available more. Um, open on weekends especially because a lot of people just work during the week. The ability to vote on the weekend specifically makes a lot of sense. Do you think that this would be a good substitute for the, the Georgia the Georgia <laughs> bill? Obviously Joe Biden <laughs> called it the Jim Crow on steroids so. Yeah, yeah anything's better than that. So you would support this over that? For sure. Yeah, you? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think that anything that suppresses voters isn't helpful. If you're truly trying to like reform voting, you should try and make it so it's more accessible. I think the form former is what you, what I would agree with, yes. Like everything you said makes sense in terms of a proposition for, for voting. My understanding was that Biden was misrepresenting it a little bit and calling it Jim Crow. What if I told you that this actually was the Georgia voting bill? Would that shock you? As far as like I was knowledgeable about it, yeah, it would shock me, yes. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it does open it more, but it's still, there's less locations. What have you heard about the Georgia bill? It did ban uh, allowing people to like give like, water to voters. Election officials are actually, they're allowed to give out water. Uh, you can go outside of uh, the 150 foot uh, zone of the voting area and grab water and stuff. It just bans pi uh, electioneering from 150, uh, within 150 feet. Do you think that the, the media and politicians are kind of fanning some flames to try to stoke division? Do you think that when people actually read the bill, they'll see it's actually not that bad? Um, probably. I think that, uh, like, I didn't read up on the Georgia bill before, and so, I mean, I don't know if anyone's deliberately, like, flaring this up. Does this legislation I just read off to you sound like Jim Crow on steroids? Uh, no, I guess not. Do you think if more people actually, you know, stopped listening so much to what the politicians and the media were saying and actually read the bill for themselves, do you think that they would come away with a different conclusion? I think that they might come away with a different conclusion. I think so. It seems too often that people aren't looking at the substance of it. You know, we have three years until, until the next election, three and a half, whatever. Do you think that's enough time for people to get an ID? No. I think it's kind of classist. <laughs> to require it. A, a poll came out that showed 70% of black Americans do support voter ID, so, you know, a lot of people are calling it Jim Crow suppression and stuff, but the majority of black Americans actually support it. Okay, I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's I because, don't. That's because those African Americans, they're racist oh, against yeah. 
ID. Now I don't. So what, a, what are your thoughts on that, Paul? <laughs> no, no, this is the Paul, this is the easy one to watch. Let a, me just let me just let I, me just all right. If this is a family show, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. So don't say she should get an agent no. and go like to Hollywood and make bad B movies. No, because she absolutely believes what she's saying. She doesn't yeah, believe that, that she doesn't think that three years is enough time to get an ID. People are, don't have a static location that they can get one. That is so racist of her. Yeah. That's, she's just such a condescending racist. She's so superior to all those peons that, that have no way to, they're, they're not a, capable of getting ID for themselves in her mind because she is so superior. She's a racist. Well, she doesn't think three years is enough time to get one. Yeah. That's because he doesn't think they're ever going to do it at that point because they're incapable and inferior right. people in her mind. Yeah, that's, exa that's, exac that's exactly how racists think. They just don't realize how racist they are because they think, like Paul just said, well, I'm superior. I know. And, and I and know they better. they don't. They're incapable. Exactly. They're incapable. You don't realize And it's it. up to brilliant people right. like me to help and save them. She said um, when, he, when he gave her the stat of how many African-Americans actually support voter ID, which is always the case with all of these things. The Democrats make it out that somehow it's some big civil rights thing and it's all for minorities and it's all for this and that. And, and actual minorities don't believe those things. They're not in favor of that. They're not in favor of most of what Joe Biden proposes. That's why Trump did so well with them. That's why he did so well with Latinos. That's why he did so well with black and African-Americans. That's why his numbers were, we had never seen numbers like that. Not because they, they believe in all of this nonsense that the Democrats are pushing. They don't. Rudy Giuliani was on this program. I mentioned this a hundred times on this program. Uh, and we're seeing it now, right? We're seeing it now again, this debate that oh, somehow African-Americans are afraid of police. They don't want police. They don't want police in their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. All of what's going on. Well, he told us that's not the case. I, he said there was no demographic that came up to me more when I was around New York City than African-American moms who said, Mr. Mayor, please don't pull the police out of here. Please don't we pull the police more. out of here. We, we need, need more. more. It's the only thing. They're, they're the only thing standing between us and total anarchy chaos. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys saw that CNN clip of the reporter being approached by a, by a man in uh, Minneapolis last night, but... This gentleman, uh, black gentleman, approached the CNN reporter. She's there, you know, trying to trying to make it seem as exciting as possible. All the violence that was happening, and he railed her. He he cursed her. I was going to send you the clip, but he he used the f bomb so many times. I'm like, there's going to be too many beeps in this. Um, he let her have it because he's like, you know, the media, you guys don't do anything. All you do is stir up trouble. You come down here and, and you make it seem a lot worse than it is, and you get get you know the wrong things out there and he was he was ticked off he was not having it she's like oh well, we're gonna talk he's like no we're talking right now you know and he let her have it and I, it was great to see but we need to see more of that the, the media especially in those situations you know oh there's nothing to see here oh look at the people pe peaceful protesting no they are the enemy right now the media is making things so they're trying to turn people against each other oh yeah the Charles Barkley quote I was just was, say, was so right on the money. Say. But yeah. remember how quickly that was shunned from the, the news cycle? You search, search it. It'll come up like seven, eight, nine on, on Google right now, I bet. You know, that quote won't come up. When you got the quote, it was only somebody's 
camera taking a, a shot of it. it there was no right from you can't, the source clips. Yeah, you can't get the official, like, you know, real high-quality uh, clip of it. And when a guy of his caliber and his, you know, uh, you know, ilk where everybody loves him from every men, women, black, white, his, everybody loves Charles Barkley because he's honest and he's fun and he's genuinely good. He says something like that. He could change the world. What I say about LeBron back when this thing was happening. You said it, all about all athletes, yeah. Yeah. They could change the world right now. They could unite the world right now. But instead, they're more interested in the divide and conquer. They think, what did our, our boy Jimmy say? LeBron puts on a pair of frameless glasses and he thinks he's Stephen Hawking's. The guy's a clown. Yeah. The guy's a low IQ clown. But that's because he's bought into that narrative. They, they've lied to him. He bought the lie. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's being used. He, he's what they call a useful idiot. And he's, and he's on full that's display. Right. A that's lot right. of them are. Right. Uh, including MLB right now. Um, all right. So we got sports coming up. What even is that at the top of the hour? Nice. And then I will play for you Emmy Horowitz, Emmy on the loose. Because you're going to need probably 45 minutes after that to the end of the show to recover. Oh, so no. all that coming up. Live from Studio 6B. <laughs> um. presents Primetime with Dr. Gina. How do you feel about those health passports and forced vaccinations? So I think the vaccine, they're great. They're really great. And so I recommend taking it. At the same time, we have our freedoms. So I don't demand that people take them. I don't demand it. Uh, I think people should take them. Uh, I've taken it. Don't miss Primetime every weekday at 7 p.m. Eastern. from Studio 6B, thirteen uh, till the hour on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Paul's going to do some more news. Rick Delgado's got a what even is that coming up. I don't know what it's about. I'll wait and see. Uh, but right now it's time to do sports with Rick Emirati. Find him on Twitter at Slick Rick Sports. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Major League Baseball, a couple of finals already. Red Sox over the Twins, 4-2. to two. Athletics over the Diamondbacks, 7-5. Mariners over the Orioles, 4-3. to three. And the Mets top the Phillies, 4-3 to three as well. Fourth inning, right now, Pirates over the Padres, 6-3. to three. Orioles and Mariners are tied 4-4 at top of the fourth. Blue Jays over the Yankees, 5-0 in the fourth. Rangers lead the Rays, 5-2 in the fourth. Marlins and Braves tied at four in the third. Brewers, 2-0 over the Cubs in the third. Right now, the Phillies and Mets, nothing, nothing in the second game of the doubleheader tonight. And the Nationals right now trail the Cardinals, 1-0 in the second. White Sox and Indians tied, nothing, nothing. Angels and Royals, Tigers and Astros just underway. NHL action, just a few games on tonight, on tap tonight. Bruins right now lead the Sabres 2-1 in the second. Rangers, 1-0 over the Devils, start, just the start of the third. Uh, at the end of the second, Capitals all over the Flyers, 5 Five to one. Washington's looking good, Paul. And the Flames right now <laughs> lead the Maple Leafs two to one in the second. 
Predators 3 nothing over the Lightning in the first. And Panthers-Stars also just underway. Nothing, nothing, no score there. Uh, NBA action, couple of games. Right now, the Hawks lead the Raptors at the half, 66-54. Hornets over a slumping Lakers, 35-28 in the second. And uh, the Nets in a matinee game today beat the uh, Timberwolves in Minnesota uh, in the target center. Kevin Durant with 31 points in 27 minutes for a 127-97, 30-point route over the Timberwolves. And right now, the Clippers and the Pacers. Clippers up by two at the half. And we have uh, NFL announced earlier today they're mandating COVID-19 vaccine for Tier 1 and Tier 2 employees. This was posted on Pro Football Rumors and uh, also by Zachary Links of Yard Barker. The NFL informed clubs Tuesday that team employees who refuse a COVID-19 vaccine will not have full access to the team facility or be able to work directly with players. Uh, you can check the Twitter link for NFL.com's Tom Pellicero as well. Only employees with bona fide medical or religious ground will be considered considered exempt from the rule. Otherwise, non-vaccinated employees will not be granted Tier 1 or Tier 2 status. The full memo from the league office outlines additional protocol for clubs. For instance, teams will be required to put their number of vaccinated employees on a weekly basis. <laughs> Meanwhile, the league is still in talks with the NFL PA to determine the thresholds and milestones at which protocols on testing, PPE, and travel can be relaxed. Um, so basically, uh, they're not going to have access to certain parts of the locker room and situations like mm. that. These Tier 1 and Tier 2 employees, which I assume are administrative Traders, trainers, you know, and uh, personnel of that nature. It's so, just, uh, well, it's, well. It's, it's funny. Those HIPAA laws don't matter now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that plus, if you remember, probably, uh, I guess it was a year, a year ago when we were, we had some discussions on this show about kneeling for the national anthem in the, in the National Football League. And uh, Shannon Sharp had talked about a couple of things we talked about. And we talked about how, in the end, the NFL is a private business, but yet they were they were unwilling to. And the owners, when you think about it, are obviously private business owners too, as they pay the players and basically call the shots on how their business is going to be run. It's interesting here that really neither one, the owners or the NFL, ever took a stand on you have to or not have to do that. But here, they're making a very clear distinction yep. on. What you have to do, even if you don't want to, that's too bad. You're going to take this or you're not going to get access. It's just interesting that they wouldn't take, make the same stand um, on the country's national anthem and say, well, no, you're going to stand for it, whether you like it or not. Or, But they're doing that here, saying, no, 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 you're going to get vaccinated or you're not going to have access to this or, or anything else. Yeah, and that ties in with my uh, sports report in the second segment for my sports was uh, Buffalo Bills now also are saying that they're going to have a full-packed stadium, but you're going to have to get vaccinated if you want to go to the game, which is really just incredible. So mm. we'll report we'll on that a little bit. Uh, Gary Player's son is banned from the Masters after showing off father's golf ball uh, during Lee Elder ceremony. It's big news here. Ryan Gatos of Fox News. Golf legend Gary Player's son caused a stir at the Masters last week and was disciplined for it. Wayne Player was serving as his father's caddy, and while the 
Masters honored his father and Lielda. Chairman Fred Ridley was recognizing the two golfers before the tournament teed off, and Wayne Player could be seen in the background holding up his father's encore golf ball box. Uh, Wayne Player elaborated on what he was thinking at that moment in an interview with Golf Digest. He said there was zero intent to advertise the brand. The only thought from that point was that it would be cool for fans to show what ball my dad was teeing off with, he said Friday. Uh, that's where it ends. So it went on the story where he is now suspended. Uh, he's not allowed. He's actually banned from the Masters because the self-promotion doing that, that they said it was in bad taste. And uh, of course, his brother, Mark Player, chimed in. I guess there's no love lost between the two of them. But Wayne was also involved in, uh, as per Golf Digest, uh, taking a deposit account fraud bad check over renting a house for clients at the 2018 Masters ceremony. ceremony. So I guess he's the black sheep of the uh, of the player family. Gary Player, of course, legendary golf golfer from the 60s and 70s. But uh, his son is now banned from the Masters. Well, it doesn't seem like, I mean, I never even heard of that ball. No one plays <laughs> it. They need, they probably need the, uh, yeah, maybe right. that's what he was thinking. He was, yeah, but he what's was. the big deal? I, I, I don't see what the big deal is. That's why I reported it because you know what? It's funny. You're making a big deal out of nothing, I think. I mean, it's like no different than having Nike splashed across your shirt or Adidas or anything else. These hats they wear, for God's yeah, sakes. But, but, but Encore, you know, the the, 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 the the people that own the Masters, they got to get their beak wet. And they didn't get it from, from Encore, so no, no, no. Apparently. Hey, Big D, you were fortuitous last night, I got to tell you. Gronk says there's a 69% chance Julian Edelman returns and joins... The Buccaneers. Uh, this is from Zach Wasink of Yard Barker. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to pat myself on the back or take credit, but I mean, you don't have to be a genius to figure it out. Yeah. Um, almost immediately after stories broke yesterday, three-time Super Bowl champion wide receiver uh, and most valuable player of Super Bowl 53, Julian Edelman, had his contract terminated by the New England Patriots. Some began speculating about the wideout potential of him uh, going to Tampa and joining Tom Brady and uh, Rob Gronkowski, his former teammate from the Patriots. Uh, that's not in the cards at the moment. However, as Edelman ultimately confirmed his retirement yesterday, TMZ Sports ran into Gronkowski following Edelman's announcement, and the fun-loving tight end didn't seem too convinced his friend has caught his final pass as an NFL player. Mm. 69% chance Gronkowski jokingly responded when asked if there was any chance Edelman would come back to Tampa. He says, he'll be back, Gronkowski added. He'll be back, yeah. So he must know something. Of I know course. <laughs> if you're so. Edelman and you're looking at what the Patriots are doing, and you're looking at them re-signing Cam, and they don't seem to be interested in drafting a quarterback, from what I could tell. Belichick does not like the kid from Ohio State at all, from what I could tell so far. What, what, I mean, what are you doing there? You're not going anywhere there. Nope. They're, they're, they're rebuilding. Yeah, you're going to end up on a stretcher. So how do you get out and get to where you want? You retire. Exactly. He is 35 years old. He's coming off some injuries, but you know we'll keep an eye on it. I wouldn't be surprised to see him with the Tampa Bay, who's going to be the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. And Listen, one more, real quick. I know we got to get before out. Before you get to that, let's yeah. just get to this. I think we all know. The audience knows. As far as when it comes to picking things that are going to happen in sports, they're going to listen to, you know, they're going to listen to Big D. So let's just leave it at that. Oh, really? Okay. No, no, talking. no, no, not in my house. No, no, no. The Kemby right, Motombo. What's the last one, Rick? Oh, just wanted to let everybody know, big news, Sweden defeats Scotland to win third straight men's curling championship. No way! Oh, yeah, I'm going to report on that in the next segment. But, yep, they did. They won. As for the U.S., they fell to Switzerland in the first round. However, because they qualify for the playoffs, U.S. will be invited to China for the Olympics. So curling in the 2022 Olympics, and we're going to have it here Ooh. on LFS 6B. I'm on the edge of my seat. I know you are. <laughs> if you had more hair to curl, you'd be interested. <laughs> <laughs> 
shot from the bow. <laughs> Two live from Studio 6P on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Lots to do tonight. Lots to do this week. Tomorrow night, John Solomon joins us. Top of the show. I'll see if I can get Mr. Solomon to stay for a couple segments. We'll talk about uh, everything that's uh, obviously in the news. We'll also talk about his Thursday night special right here on Real America's Voice. Securing our elections. The grassroots battle for easy, safe voting. And man, it is it is absolutely a battle. HR one, I'm sure, will be a focus of that special, um, and what they're yep. trying to ram through here. But that will be Thursday night at 8 p.m. right here on Real America's Voice, and then in the hour following that, we'll be on, and Mr. Solomon will be with us live to take your calls about, well. I guess what you saw in this special, what your feeling is about it, what you liked, maybe something you didn't like, what concerns you. Obviously, we know the battle ahead here, but uh, no one will do a better job of breaking it down of what's going on than Mr. Solomon. I'm sure he's going to have great guests. I don't know who they are as of right now, but I'm sure that's going to be, that's appointment television Thursday night at eight. You got to just, you have to, got to watch it. And then the cool thing is you'll have the opportunity to maybe can't guarantee it, obviously. Do talk to Mr. Solomon yourself after that. So that's going to be Thursday, but he'll be here tomorrow night to let us know who the guests are, what they're going to cover, what he's going to do. So, and then that the special will be on Thursday at eight, right here, Real America's Voice. Right now, it's time though for one of my new favorite segments here on the show, and that would be Rick Delgado with what even is that? All right, Damon. Well, um, I've got a little something for you. For the next 30 seconds, we're going to do something different. I'm going to show you something, and then we're going to have a little talk about it. Roll it, G. I'm Morgan Freeman. I'm not a doctor, but I trust science. And I'm told that for some reason people trust me. So here I am to say I trust science and I got the vaccine. If you trust me, you'll get the vaccine. In math, it's called the distributive property. In people, it's called taking care of one another. Get the vaccine. Help make our world a safe place for us to enjoy ourselves again. Please. I'm in. Pretty compelling. I'll be right back. I'll shoot you, you shoot me. Whoa, 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 what even is that? <laughs> That's propaganda. Snap out of it. You know what that is? <laughs> Let me tell you. That's called propaganda. Yes, propaganda. And what type of propaganda is that, Gary? <laughs> well, I'll show you. Take it away, man in a lab coat. Number three. 
the good old testimonial when you want to get <laughs> yeah. people on board with something that you're doing sure. and you don't want them looking at the facts too closely <laughs> why not have an authoritative person just say that they also like it you know it doesn't have to just be Morgan Freeman it could also be the <laughs> Dalai Lama or if you could get the Pope though I imagine that's kind of difficult these testimonials make people more attracted just to the idea of the person presenting sure. the information rather than the information itself yeah wow pretty pathetic considering that was recorded in 2014 but it feels oh so right here in 2021 doesn't it and it's brought to you by all of these yes at the end of the morgan freeman uh video these fine sponsors recognize any of them of course you do but we're not going to be talking about that right now. I'm saving that for Friday's edition. <laughs> but because we couldn't get the Pope, let's go back to someone we will stick with, and that is old, good old, trustworthy Morgan Freeman. Yes, one of America's finest actors with 133 credits to his name and a career spanning decades, playing everything from various doctors, police detectives, government officials. And let me remind you, he said this. I trust science and I got the vaccine. If you trust me, you'll get the vaccine. But Morgan, Bubba, baby, how can we trust you? To be honest, we don't even know who, who, who you really are. And what's with the 80-year-old guy in a hoop earring? Is that some type of George Michael tribute I don't know about? But hey, every time, every time we see you on screen, Mr. Morgan Freeman, you are pretending to be someone else. Yeah, basically, you lie for a living. Kind of like, I don't know, this guy. Um, but yet, yet, you want us to trust you. You want us, we the people, to trust people like you, Morgan Freeman, and other celebrities who essentially, again, get paid very well to lie to us for a living. Now, don't get me wrong. Please, I'm a big fan of the Morgan Freeman. But honestly, the only thing we know about you for sure is that you are Morgan Freeman and that you are an actor. All right. No, you're not Detective Somerset. No. Uh, no, you're not driving Miss Daisy around on your off time. No. Uh, you're not a principal at a school. You're not the president, vice president, or a speaker, and you've played all three in, in different movies. Uh, also, you're not Nelson Mandela, are you? Um, oh, and you're not a military doctor trying to stop a deadly virus. Though that sounds weird. Um, and most importantly, guess what? You're not God. <gasps> I know the blasphemy, right? And yes, I know he even narrated that documentary that came out, The Story of God with Morgan Freeman. I mean, he has to be trusted, right? Look, his name is right there. Equal billing with God. How do you not trust that? Yeah. Well... Because, again, the only thing we know for sure about good old trustworthy Morgan Freeman is your name. And you get paid millions of dollars to do one thing. You got one job, and that's to act, Gary. Yeah, you made a very nice life off of saying what other people write for you to say. And that's exactly what you're doing now. Yeah. The only difference is now you're trading your name and your likeness because, well, everyone has a price, and I hope you got paid well for this one. But you're using that and playing that off of those good feelings and emotions of your fans to influence them into doing something that maybe not be in their best interest. And that's not right. Morgan Freeman 
If you genuinely feel this vaccine is a good thing for you personally, then great. Have at it. But that's where it ends. There is no sequel. Well, I guess in some cases there is, but not in this case. And I, for one, don't appreciate the way you and other celebrities and sports heroes are using that equity that they've built up over the long and storied careers to now try and influence people over a health choice that they may not agree with. And if something goes wrong with these vaccines, Morgan Freeman, and some say that you influence them, um, can they come to you and sue for damages? Probably not. But then again, hey, what could go wrong, right? It's all good. Get the vaccine. Help make our world a safe place for us to enjoy ourselves again. Please. Oh, Oh, God. All right, very good. Rick Delgado. There you have it. Wow, well done. Boy, that was creepy at the end there, huh? It kind of shows you the tone deafness of... um, Right now, if you were thinking, let's see, who do we... Let's go get a phony Hollywood... um, person to be the i mean who believes any of them anyways yeah but morgan freeman he's, he's morgan soft freeman. and cuddly right everybody trusts morgan freeman i mean I, I don't know why or when that started i don't i don't know if that's the case but i mean it just shows you if just, crypto goes to like through the roof i'm gonna ask him to narrate every day of my life paul <laughs> <laughs> picked up a cup of coffee well yesterday was a good start so See what today brings. Um, all right, very good, Rick. Thank you. But um, scary stuff. Uh, it's creepy and scary. You know, I saw to follow up with this whole idea. I did see there was a um, doctor who's taken her career in her own hands by doing this, probably. But went on. I don't remember where I saw it. So some social media, and she was saying that she's been approached. I guess she's got a big following. Um, she was approached with a significant amount of money to go get the vaccine and to broadcast on her social media of her getting it. This is, this is a big push um, now. Who's the check coming from? Well, that would, we don't know that, but that would have been a good, that would have definitely been a good thing to know. Said she was approached with two multi- um, pretty decent size campaigns to go get the vaccine and to live stream it on how happy she was getting it and make it such a positive experience. Right. What would it, what would be your cost to, to, to get you to do it on, uh, on screen here? 10 million. Uh, in Bitcoin. Well, yeah, of course. Million is 10 million. Down with USD, <laughs> especially in the next four years. It's going to, I mean, please. I definitely don't want USD. Ten million. The M two money supply goes through the yeah. Ten million. Ten million. Come on, let's go. Ten million. In all honesty, where do you want to shoot it? <laughs> I'll take it right in the temple. That's no fine. Butts. That's fine. Eight zeros on the check. I'm uh, or whatever that would be. What would that be? Six zeros on the check. Eight digits. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Ten million is my number. <laughs> do you have a number, Paul? I don't know, man. <laughs> An Islander playoff game, you be then. Who are you kidding? Uh, well, I don't have time now for this second um, this second video, but how long has this B- Biden issued a statement to be serious? You know, this J&J thing's being, in my estimation, blown way out of proportion. I think it's a one, you know, you have a, I think your chance of getting struck by lightning is about one in 500,000. And your chance of getting a blood clot, I believe, from this is about one in a million. So, 
uh, I, I think the uh, fear mongering over 700,000 people have gotten the J&J vaccine, including both my parents, by the way. Um, it's being blown a little out of proportion here, I thought, it seems to me, in the little that I paid attention to it today. But um, Yeah, Trump even came out with a statement regarding it. Yep. I think uh, Solomon has it on Just the News. He does. Has what on Just the News? The statement from the president regarding the J&J, how, how they're doing a pause. Doing a pause. That's a big thing now. We're, we're doing a pause. So, uh, Fauci and uh, who is this? Zines? Jeff Zines was, uh, had, a, had a, something to say about this. Let's play a little of this, G. Uh, cut six. We'll play as much of it as we can. Go ahead. Do we have a timeline in terms of how long this is going to... Are we talking days before it might get flipped back on or a week? And then second one for Jeff, if you don't mind. I understand what you're saying on the macro level related to supply. But when you talk to local officials, the J&J shop, because of storage, because it was one shop, was considered a crucial component in rural areas and kind of underserved communities. How does that not affect the timeline that you guys are on in terms of actually getting shots in arms? Um... During one of the questions which was asked, I believe, of the CDC, the, the, the question was just yours. And I don't know what they're going to be doing. What I heard from the previous press uh, discussion was it's going to be more like days to weeks rather than weeks to months. We have plenty of supply and we have plenty of vehicles for delivering that supply, whether it's through the Federal Pharmacy Channel whether it's mobile units, community health centers, and all of those are equipped to deliver um, the Moderna and Pfizer vaccine. So we'll make sure that those uh, units continue to grow in number, because you're right, we need to reach people where they are, and the mobile units and the community health centers are particularly essential for those. And they have been receiving Moderna and Pfizer doses since we began both those programs so you, it's no different right, just just there, the we'll, we'll, we'll see the we'll get to the follow-up here in a second all right live from studio 6p on a tuesday night glad you're in more to do including uh amy horowitz with the vaccine Help make our world a safe place for us to enjoy ourselves again, please. Real America's Voice presents War Room with Steve Bannon. Yeah, I want to talk about the mentality. This is the reason we're in the situation that we're in. The reason we're in the situation we're in is because of the compromise, the money of the Chinese Communist Party flowing through our capital markets flowing through our cultural institutions, flowing through our corporations, and eventually buying political coverage in the Uniparty here in Washington, D.C. Don't miss War Room every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern. All right, live from Studio 6B. Well, Amy Horowitz does great stuff, and I've played you a bunch of his videos as he's gone around to question the um, question people on the street. Emmy on the Loose, it's called. It's fantastic. Brace myself. Brace yourself for the latest edition of Emmy on the Loose. He went around to... Well, I don't even need to set it up. Just play it, G. <laughs> I'm Ami Horowitz, and Joe Biden has been pushing a progressive agenda. But has it been progressive enough for the left? Let's go find out.
So do you think Joe Biden has been progressive enough as president? Not even like one percent. Where do you think he's failing? Everywhere. Joe Biden is progressive enough as president. No. No. Progressive enough as president. No, no. 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 I think if we just look at America, America not progressive enough for anybody. I don't think that I've heard much from Joe Biden since the inauguration. One of the policies that Joe Biden has been attempting to initiate is a national $15 minimum wage. That seems progressive, right? Obviously, 15 is not enough. $15 here. I need a number, brother. For uh, livable? Yeah. I guess it'll go state by state, but if we want to go national, I'm thinking $25 an hour at least. Do you think so? that um, $35 is a more reasonable wage? Yes. Yeah, $35 an hour is great. 35 For the living year, yeah. the living cost, yeah. Yeah. Comfortable, and then, you know, I'm not extravagant. Right, like, you know, you'll be comfortable. Content. I mean, $35 this week. What about $50 minimum wage? Would that be the right number? Uh, $50? Sure. A uh, $50 minimum wage would be beautiful. Yeah. $50 might be beautiful. $50? Yeah. So, yeah. Fuck it. Would $75 an hour be, be reasonable? Sure. Joe Biden has also canceled the Keystone Pipeline at the cost of 11,000 oh, U.S. jobs. He's also increasing the cost of carbon in the name of climate change. Come on. We could do better than that. What about doing a, a six-month shutdown in order to bring down CO2 levels? Sure. I think that everybody should ride bikes. Should we lock this country <laughs> down and lock the world down for, let's say, a minimum of six months to bring CO2 levels down? That is a good idea. Oh, oh. I'd say three months is more reasonable. Okay. Uh, six months, depending on how successful that three months is. Do you think you know? three months works? Or maybe we can look at six months. Yeah. Do you think that would be possible? Like we can lock down for Everybody, yeah. six months? They would need to in order for us to stay healthy and the world to reproduce so that we can have food and, and be nourished again. Yeah. And it would be worth the sacrifice of the businesses having going, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it would be worth it. Okay. They may go out of business. They may go out of business. Six months wouldn't be enough. No, be in long. fact, the lockdown that we had in America wasn't enough. So do you think we should do a year-long lockdown for CO2 levels? They were able to uh, execute it properly, for sure. Yeah? Yeah. Would you support a, let's say, a year-long lockdown to help bring down CO2 levels? If that's what it takes, yeah. If it's gonna prove a much better cause for the for planet Earth, then yeah, why not? You like the concept? I like the concept. I would lock everyone up right now. Oh, to, you of know, course. Call yeah. the virus. But. Yeah. Still, even today, you, you have to lock up. So you, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We should not. We should not. NYU lost. So for climate, even more so. If you could climate, do. even more so. If you could do that, that would be great. President Biden also wants to cancel student debt, something high on the progressive wish list. But is that really enough? Should the president uh, look to cancel credit card debt? I'm gonna say that we are in such a time where if we don't do something as progressive as something like that, we might face hundreds of years of you know climbing back up. So what about what? canceling credit card debt? Yeah, yeah, of course. And some mortgage debt? I mean, it's just to me. Is that, is that a good idea? I, I feel that if it if it leads to something progressive, I feel that it, it should be done. I put a lot of money on the homes. Should we cancel gambling debt? Come on, man. I wouldn't, say, up here. I wouldn't say gambling. Gambling to me, that, that's a choice. I, I feel that if, 
You're killing me, man. Joe Biden has punched his progressive ticket by wanting to give a path to citizenship for all illegal immigrants in the U.S. But I think we could do better. But is that enough? Like, for example, we're a big country, a massive country with a massive amount of money. Is it immoral to have any border keep anybody out? Yeah, I think it's just rooted in racism, specifically like Hispanics. Um, Wasn't she just in Georgetown? Should we have an open border <laughs> and anybody who wants to come into this country can come into this country, become a citizen? I think they should make a way for it to happen, yeah. Because should we have a border open for people to come across? Yeah. 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 Why should we have a border to stop them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are a country founded upon immigration. I think it should be open, open borders. People at the border just get shamed for it. So it doesn't really make any sense to me. Border shaming? Yeah. That's a new term. Obviously, universal health care is a major progressive goal. But how about making it really universal? Okay, obviously we, you believe in universal health care. Yeah. Should our country start providing health care for people outside this country? I've never thought about that. Oh. Um. No. Okay. I think that should, they should be here. Okay. I don't know. So we should bring them. We can bring them. They're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Great. We're having no port. They can come here again. Yeah. I actually suffer from like a rare disease um, called hypophosphatasia. It's um a bone disorder that makes my bones really soft and um. There's only one company that makes the medicine, and I take it six times a week. It's an injection. Each injection is $16,000. As a staunch supporter of universal health care, she might be interested to know that if she lived in the universal health care paradise of Great Britain, she would not be able to receive this life-saving treatment. It'd be a great place to end up, but you know, the problem with healthcare in America is like I think solving so one America issue, first. Uh, well, you don't say oh, it like right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, Christ. he's ruined that entire thing. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, fix the issue here in America. Got, in America, and then first. once we've got that, yeah, <laughs> that makes you sound like a really bad person. But I'm just saying, like, one step at a time. <sighs> I gotta go. Anybody want to comment on that? I mean, I that's, just nadled myself. Oof. That's what's, uh, that's what's going on that's out there. That's what's walking the streets so, on its own. Yes. When we debate like, um, when we debate things on the show and I say things like, well, I don't care where you fall, you get, no, <laughs> this is a reminder. No, no, no. This is how, this is how Joe Biden gets elected because there are a ton of that out there. This is how people think. This is what they think of the country. This is what they think about how the country should be run. And they want their lives to be 100% dependent on their government. Yeah, cradle to grave, born to dead. Give me my money. Just completely just bath water and tucking in every night. Uncle Sam tucks you in. $50 minimum wage. Sounds oh, great. Yeah. Hey, yeah, he can be comfortable, not too, not too much. Well, think of the things he covered in that video. $50 minimum wage, get rid of your credit card mortgage debt, get rid of your no gambling debt. debt. They lost me that. Universal health care. 
No yeah, one? the gambling debt's out, Paul. So we're, <laughs> we're still in big trouble with the bookie. But uh, no, no border. No border. Yeah, just, just you got three minutes to just to imagine pon- there's ponder that. no country. Ponder that video. Presents Just the News AM with Sophie Mann. Biden also introduced a number of other regulations that will affect gun owners across the country, but emphasized that he does not see his actions as a threat to the Second Amendment. Were the case, if what he said was true, he wouldn't need to be doing executive orders. He wouldn't need to be forcing this down the American public's throat. Don't miss Just the News AM every weekday at 9 a.m. Eastern. All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Let's do a little news, then we'll do Crazy Town for the day. This is day 83. And in, uh, well, I guess Gio's estimation, Jen Psaki hasn't gotten any better. So we'll get to that in a second. But let's do some news here with Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Well, the uh, we knew it was coming, right? The war machine would get back to business. So you know, Rubio says, outcome of war in Afghanistan is going to be a terrible thing. Taliban will take over. Uh, Florida Republican Senator Marco Rubio told Just the News that the outcome of war in Afghanistan is going to be a terrible thing, predicting the Taliban will, in fact, take over. Rubio's a member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, was reacting to Biden's administration's report uh, and announced the withdrawal from Afghanistan by September 11, 2021. Um, he said uh, what they've announced is that they're going to stick with President Trump's decision with regards to Afghanistan. Look, the outcome is going to be a terrible thing. The Taliban, I believe, will eventually take over the country as they were in, in charge before. It's not going to be a good outcome. So, uh, you know, I guess um, I, I just don't know how this is going to turn out. I just got a feeling they're just going to agree with them and turn things around. And I'm just concerned. I'm just concerned that our boys are going to go over there and, and girls, excuse me. And it's going to be used up again. So, um, so um, what was the? Uh, I wanted to get to that story. Uh, Trump lays out a theory on why federal government has paused Johnson and Johnson vaccine. We started talking about this before, Rick. I just figured we could touch on it real quick. Two federal agencies on Tuesday called a halt to the use of the single dose Johnson and Johnson uh, vaccine because uh, six people out of seven million suffered potentially dangerous blood clots. The CDC uh, and the Food and Drug Administration announced the clots occurred six to 13 days after the vaccination. Uh, more than uh, 6.8 million doses of the J and J vaccine have been given in the U.S. with very few side effects or none at all. 
And uh, Trump was uh, quoted as saying here, um, where is it? Trump said, uh, they'll do things like this to make themselves look important. Remember, it was the FDA working with Pfizer to announce the vaccine approval two days after the 2020 presidential election. They didn't like me very much because I pushed them extremely hard. But if I didn't, you'd have a vaccine uh, for you would have a vaccine for the next three to five years or maybe not at all. It takes them years to act. Uh, so he is uh, saying it's a it's politically motivated, and I it's hard to disagree with him. He went on and said the Biden administration did a ter- terrible disservice to the people throughout the world by allowing the FDA and CDC to call pause to the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Uh, the results of this vaccine will be extraordinary, but now its reputation will be permanently challenged. Uh, Fauci took a couple questions on vaccine safety and vac- and reevaluation process. Let's start with 8G. This is Fauci on the reevaluation process of the J&J vaccine and what the next steps are. Roll that. Can you talk a little bit about the process in both deciding for this pause and sort of what comes next? Um, first off, did the White House have any advance notice of the issues with the J&J vaccine and was there involvement from the White House in deciding this? Um, and how do you evaluate when to pause vaccines? Are we going to see more of these pauses in the future if more issues pop up? Why don't you do the first part and I'll do the second part. Um, this decision was made by the CDC and the FDA. And that's one of the things that's, I think, such a good thing about our system here is that we're ruled by the science, not by any other consideration. So the decision was really thoroughly made by the CDC and the FDA. What are they looking for? What are they evaluating? When should we expect a conclusion? Well, they want to see if there's any clues of other things going on. Were there any underlying, for example, if they're going to, just uh, hypothetical, if they're going to make a decision to go forward and say, you know, we looked at this, if they find some common denominators among the women who were involved that might be synergizing and essentially uh, enabling this type of an adverse event, they may know that for those who don't have that, it may be much safer. There may be clues when you go down and really get granular about every single case In addition, they want to look at what some of the mechanisms are. The mechanisms may give some insight as to what is going on. And should we expect to potentially see further pauses in the future? I mean, could this keep happening with the vaccines because they're so new? Well, you know, if you look at the history of, take a look at what has gone on with the Moderna and the Pfizer, where you have, you know, literally tens and tens and tens of millions. This watched as carefully. There had been no red flags. When you have a red flag, of something that is as serious as thrombotic thrombocytopenia, uh, particularly when you have an individual, one of whom died, you take that seriously. So I don't think that minimal things that very likely have nothing at all to do with the vaccine, that we're going to pull the trigger so quickly as to keep stopping and stopping and stopping. I think this is an unusual occurrence of a serious adverse event that you want to make sure before you go forward, you investigate it thoroughly. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're pausing so that they can look at it more carefully. There you go. And, um, oh, God. He, he really well, is I mean, I don't, know. I, don't, I don't know that I have a problem with what he just said. I think you have to... I don't, I don't know that you can deem the whole thing unsafe. I mean, you look at the numbers of people who have taken the J... You know, people like the idea of the J&J one because it's, number one, one shot. Uh, number two, the, it's, the makeup of it is a little different. By the way, if I was ever going to have to get one, I would wait for the Novavax one. 
That's the all-protein one? Correct. So the makeup of these things, if you're really looking at data and you're really into these kind of things, there's... Is there any RNA and DNA altering no. issues in it? None whatsoever? None at all. And, and none in the J&J one either, I believe. There was no RNA in the J&J one. And it's a single-shot platform, yep. which is why people were, were waiting for it. But, I mean, you can't argue that you certainly don't want... You don't want any, even one person to have an adverse reaction. So, especially someone who died and... So I don't, I, don't, I don't have a total problem with any of that because I think you got to try to get it right. I don't think the shot is unsafe, though, at all. I think, like I said, you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning than having this happen from the numbers I saw today. But, um, all right, let's, uh, since we're in the briefing room, Gensaki, eight, day 83, and according to Gio, she has not gotten any better at her job, Rolichi. Uh, well, today I'm joined uh, by, of course, Jeff Science, our COVID coordinator, and Dr. Fauci to uh, talk about the news from the FDA this morning. Uh, a couple of issues uh, come up of of the importance of of uh, oh boy. calling this pause. Around uh, you know, when you want to talk about safety, <laughs> this is an extraordinary safety record that the others have. And the fact that a pause was done, I think, just as a testimony to how seriously we take safety. A couple for Dr. Fauci first. It's great to see you back at the podium. Oh, Dr. Of course. Fauci. Thank you, Dr. Fauci. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Really Thank you, everybody. The <laughs> They're always welcome. Always welcome. Okay. Um, today, the vice president and domestic policy advisor, Susan Rice, are hosting a roundtable uh, with women who will share their experiences with complications from pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum, uh, the impact of postpartum, uh, 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 post-childbirth. Post Does the president uh, currently characterize the relationship with Russia as honest and stable, or is that something he wants to work toward? I think what we're working toward is predictable and stable. Uh, we're not we're not looking for uh, a, an establishment of trust as much as a predictability. Well, I would say when it comes to diplomacy, you don't stop calling for what it, what are the right actions and the appropriate actions and the actions the global community uh, believes are right. Well, uh, well, I'm not going to get ahead of uh, any announcements we have on uh, the consequences uh, that uh, we will uh, invoke on the Russian leaders for the actions they've already taken. Um, and certainly the president uh, was clear. Uh, the president has been consistent in his view that uh, there, the, the, there is no uh, viable oh end to the war, uh, military viable end to the war in Afghanistan. So very clear, you expect, to, you expect the indirect negotiations to continue, even though you're questioning their seriousness to those negotiations. Well, look, I think, Hans, we, are, uh, we believe that the diplomatic path is the only path forward here. We'll switch gears to Russia real quick. Um, sure. The, the statement said in the coming months for this potential summit. Um, is that going to be this summer? We'll see. In the coming months would be this summer. Preference on where the location should be? It's a great question. I know Alex was asking a similar one. Uh, we're still just at the early part of this process. Well, you give me a great northern answer. Northern Hemisphere. I, I don't think we're quite there yet. You're sounding like there's a place you'd like to summer um, with yeah. President Biden and President Putin. I can pass that along, certainly. Down. But... A portion okay, of the go earth ahead. it could be in. Hard to follow, but I'm sure you have a very serious and good question. Go ahead. You told me weeks ago uh, President Biden stands by his campaign promise to sign the legislation within 
100 days. Uh, we are now on day 83 of the presidency, and it looks like that bill isn't close to making it uh, by that deadline, and the president is facing crisis, multiple crises as evidenced by the questions in this yeah. briefing. Does the president continue to stand by that campaign promise? He does. Uh, he, he continues to uh, work toward it. What is the White House or the Biden administration's next plans to kind of help mitigate migration at the U.S.-Mexico border? At our own border? Of course, we'd love to have uh, travel return, <laughs> no, just like everybody Russian would border. like to return to normalcy. But we rely on the advice and the, the guidelines uh, done by our health and medical experts. And so we'll defer to them on the timeline for that. See a chance for restoring travel between Europe and the United States for the summer. Many people need to uh, plan in advance. Sure, we, and, uh, we understand that. Uh, but also we uh, will rely on the guidance and the timeline of our health and medical teams. We saw, we have evidence of what happens uh, back in 2017 when Republicans prioritized tax cuts for big corporations over investing in working people. There were many arguments made about what the impact would be. The benefits would be passed on to consumers. They would invest in R&D. There would be jobs created. None of that happened. Well, even though, I mean, utility companies did maybe as arguably partially for show, but they did announce, you know, great we gotta get to this guy's bomb and beat him up. Tax law passed and attributed it <laughs> to the tax law passing. You know, is there some data that you're expecting from economists suggesting that will be the case, or are you just getting ahead of what might happen when the bill passes? I'm just getting ahead of that. Like, there were those announcements. You, you said, like, they, they didn't have the intended effects, but utility co companies did say, hey, our, you know, we can pass on the, the, this lower rate to consumers through their utility bills. And, and have utility companies said, I have not seen it if they have, that they would raise uh, the cost um, if this bill passed to invest in infrastructure and get lead out of the pipes to make sure there's clean drinking water and create millions of jobs? I'm not aware of any specific announcements like that, but I'm just saying that was the one of the results that, that occurred after the 2017. Well, then I don't think we have to anticipate it as an issue quite yet. Go ahead, Hans. Oh, that was quite wow. snippy. Yes, Jen Psaki. Day 83, you're right, Jay. She is no better at her job. Looks like Biden's going to address a joint session of Congress on, well, my birthday. April 28th, what a present, what a present it will be <laughs> from the president. Presents News On with Miranda Khan. Voters oppose legislative proposals to relax election security rules. A George Washington never needed a photo ID to vote. Thomas Jefferson and no one else who signed the Declaration of Independence needed the, a voter ID to be able to vote. Why is that considered such a bad thing to do? Wouldn't that instill election integrity? Don't miss News On every weekday at noon Eastern. 
I live from Studio 6B, 13 till the hour on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in Real America's Voice. Tomorrow night, John Solomon at 8 o'clock, I believe. Top of the show. Mr. Solomon will be here. And I will try to keep him as long as I possibly can. But he will have a special on Thursday night at 8 o'clock that you uh, just mark it down now as appointment television. And then Mr. Solomon, once he's done with that, will be nice enough to once again join us for your phone calls in hour two on Thursday night. So here's your choices on Thursday night. Let me stack it up for you here. You have Harry Oates in hour one or John Solomon in hour two. What hour are you going to call? Let us know. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> mm. The Harry Hotline. All right, let's do sports with Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Tough one to follow there. Uh, Pirates right now lead the Padres 7-6. MLB scores. Uh, or- and that's in the sixth. Orioles over the Mariners 6-4, top seven. Uh, Blue Jays 6-1 over the Yankees, also in the seventh. Uh, it ranges 8-2 over the Rays in the eighth. Right now, Braves trail the Marlins 8-6 in the sixth. Uh, Brewers over the Cubs 2-1, sixth. Mets lead the Phillies 1-0 in the fifth. Cardinals 5 over the Nationals. That's in the fourth. Uh, right now, Indians and White Sox tied zip-zip in the second. Royals 2-0 over the Angels in the fifth. And Tigers lead the Astros 5-1 in the fourth. NHL action. Sabres-Bruins tied 2-2 uh, late third. And the Rangers. I know Hugh McHugh is a big follower. See, some of our followers love sports. His Rangers are up 3-0 and they actually beat the Devils tonight. That was the final. Panarin, Zibanejep, and Buchnevich with the goals for the Rangers. Good game. And the Flames right now, 3-1 over the Maple Leafs in the third. The Capitals 6-1 over the Flyers in the third. And Predators 4-1 over the Lightning. And that is in the third as well. And uh, Stars, Panthers tied 1-1, end of two. NBA action. Uh, the Hawks, 107-103 over the Raptors. Good game, late fourth. Uh, Lakers come back to go over uh, 76-66 over the Hornets. That's in the fourth. Um, the Thunder right now lead the Jazz, 39-32. Uh, tough news today for um, the Nuggets. They lost Jamal Murray for the season as he tore his ACL. That's going to hurt them because the Nuggets had a good team. I thought they were one of the uh, the top runners for this year. And um, also, we have the Clippers, 120-106 over the Pacers. That is in the fourth. And appointment television, Big D? Perhaps disappointment television. This is from Yahoo Sports. Russell Wilson will host vaccination special on NBC with President Joe Biden. This is from Chris Swick. This is, uh, we saw Rick on his, uh, what even is that, had a little picture of this. Seattle quarterback, Seattle Seahawks quarterback, Russell Wilson and his wife, singer Ciara, will host a vaccination special on NBC with President Joe Biden. The program titled Roll Up Your Sleeves will encourage people in the United States to receive the COVID-19 vaccinations. Multiple celebrities, including Charles Barkley, Jennifer Lopez, Matthew McConaughey, Lynn Manuel Miranda, and Shaquille O'Neal will appear on the special which air this Sunday night at 7 on NBC. Former President Barack Obama and former First Lady Michelle Obama will also take part in the special. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who else, will be interviewed by McConaughey as part of the event. So uh, there you go. Appointment television for Sunday night on NBC. Full-on <laughs> propaganda night on I Sunday night. I am going night. to bet the rating is so low. I'm going to bet it's going to be like point. I bet it'll be astronomical. I, I'll go. I'll bet you on that. This is going to be like the Emmys low. Yeah, no. I don't. I don't see people tuning this in. Well, I, know, I think you're both wrong. 
We'll see. Depends we'll see. on what they, yeah. We'll see. I don't know what else is on Sunday night, but uh, we had 60 minutes on CBS. Um, and Bill Sabres to allow full capacity in fall, though fans must be vaccinated. This is from Blake Harper of Yard Barker. The Buffalo Bills and Sabres plan to have full attendance at home games in the fall, though you will only be able to attend if you can provide proof that you have been vaccinated for COVID 19. Our goal is to have a 100% full house for the Bills and, and the Sabres starting in the fall. Erie County Executive Mark Polinkos uh, announced via video conference today. Polinkos said that while individuals, individuals can make their own choice about getting vaccinated, to ensure that as many fans as possible can attend safely, vaccination will be required. This will make, uh, make it so mass testing is not required for fans, which will make the entire game day experience feel more normal and enjoyable. So, uh, and on Twitter, he said that fans can apply for an ex- Excelsior Pass, guys. Get your Excelsior Pass in New York, which will show that you have been fully vaccinated and is already being used by the New York State Health Department. The Bills did not have any fans in attendance during the regular season, though Governor Andrew Cuomo did allow 6,700 fans to attend the team's first home playoff game since 1996. Their stadium is now called the Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield Stadium. How apropos. And if anybody out there in the audience has a guy who can get me a fake one, PM me. Yeah, Paul, I'm right with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, I got one, except they got my name wrong. It says McLovin on it. Yeah. Paul, I don't know. I, I hope this isn't uh, transferred down to Belmont and into the Garden and of into New York. Of course it will. Yeah. You know, of course is, it will. This is, this is the M.O. It's not good. Not the government a good can't do it, but they'll, let the, they'll, they'll twist the amazing. arms of the corporate uh, yep. entities to do it. Not good. And uh, fresh off of Joe Musgrove's no-hitter for San Diego Padres, business is booming at his family's coffee shop. Associated Press. This no-hitter, it turned out, came with a cup of Joe. Fresh off pitching the first no-no in the San Diego Padres' 52-year history, Joe Musgrove found that his achievement served up a positive effect on his family, too. The right-handed parents own and operate a coffee shop in the San Diego suburb of Alpine, California. Padres fans have been flocking there since Musgrove tossed his gem last Friday against the Texas Rangers in Arlington. It's something that's been in the family for over 20 years, a small drive through in a small town, so they don't usually do crazy business, Musgrove said earlier today. But the last few days have been some of the best days they've ever had. I appreciate people helping support their small business, he said. Musgrove threw 112 pitches against the Rangers and struck out 10. Uh, to be in the history books and not just be on the hometown team, but to know the first no-hitter is amazing, Brault said. I remember when I was a kid, we'd go to the games and people would get close to a no-hitter, and it would be such a big deal for the fans. So nice story. You know, he ended up, he played for the Pirates. He got traded to the Padres, throws their first no-hitter in 52 years, and his parents have a small family coffee shop down the block. I really love love that story. Some of the good things that come out of sports. And just one last uh, one, small small note, but uh, Bobby Slick Leonard, former NBA player and Hall of Fame coach, passed away today at the age of 88. Slick Leonard coached the Indianapolis Pacers. A lot of the people in the Midwest will remember him. They won three ABA championships in the early 70s and Lennon was inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame and I loved his name Slick and that's a wrap in sports Big D <laughs> alright thank you Slick Rick and uh, what else is going on in the news Paul before we wrap it up anything else you got an uh, interesting story out of Newsweek and it's uh, titled can blood from young people slow aging Silicon Valley has bet billions it will very interesting story here that a couple of um, you know uh, high end uh, doctors from um, Brigham Young and from uh, from Stanford uh, have started a company that bought another company called Alcahest, and the uh, the owners have uh, been 
publishing papers on this since 2011 and 14 that the blood of young mice seemingly miraculously has restorative effects on the brains of elderly mice. This discovery adds hot area of inquiry called geroscience that seeks to understand molecular and cellular mechanisms that make aging a major risk factor and driver for common chronic conditions, including diseases of older adulthood. So uh, it's pretty interesting stuff. I know we don't have a lot of time, but uh, this is a, a lot of money. There's bill- literally uh, billions of dollars being invested in this. And uh, maybe that explains why Prince Andrew lived to, uh, what is that, 173 <laughs> years old? How old was that guy, Philip? 99. 99. Do you see some of his quotes? Yeah, he's, he's a pretty funny guy. <laughs> what do you say? He goes, I hope when I die, I can come back as a virus to kill off half of humanity. <laughs> so oh, I can, nice. I, I missed that one. It's nice. hysterical. <laughs> All right, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks to everybody on the show. Thanks, she. Thanks, friend. Most of all, thanks you to live from Studio 6B audience. Thanks to Real America's Voice as well. Well, thanks to you to live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night. John Solomon live with us at 8 o'clock, I believe. We're in the first half an hour somewhere. Uh, He'll be with us to talk about his special on Thursday night. So we'll do that. And then we'll take your calls with him after that special on Thursday night. So lots to do. Going to be a great week. As always, we appreciate you. Glad you're in. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., live from Studio 6B.